0: Okay, I want to continue with uh, the topic we started yesterday. And yesterday, as I mentioned, was by means of an introduction of understanding exactly what the mitzvah is and how it applies in a uh, many situations. Um, okay, good morning, Yaakov. Nice to see you. Beautiful. Okay, so yesterday, as I mentioned, is a little, was a little bit of a hakdama. What I want to do now is I want to go... Continuing a little bit on the Hakdama introduction sort of way, because there are, there's just so much. And I was looking today about, okay, what are we going to start today? Well, I said yesterday we're going to start the halachas. But, that, you know, and we'll get to some halachas as well. But I want to understand a little bit more of what's going on. I actually want to start with a Maisa shahaya It's a true story. Somebody, um, somebody I was close with, this is going back, this is probably around, I'm thinking now he's got three or four kids. He was just newly married then. He's probably about four or five years ago. Yeah, four or five years ago. he's moved. He used to live in Eretz Australia, He moved back to Chutzloritz about a couple of years ago. Anyway, so um, he calls me up with the following Shiloh. It's a very interesting question, and it's a very important question, I think, that I want to mention at this point when we're discussing of aim. And that was like this. He bought a new apartment... And he brought me to the apartment, and I came there to check out all the Shilas of Mezuzah, because there were many, many Shilas of Mezuzah that were going on, you know, with archways and all interesting Shilas. And, you know, it's an it's an interesting way of pascading Shilas, which you can't do over the phone. You have to go to the house, and I, and I did that, and it was very, very interesting. Then he says to me, and this was really going back before he bought the Mezuzahs and before I came to his house. He says to me like this, he said, my father-in-law is a cipher. He writes mezuzahs and sifrei Torah and tefillin and everything else. right? He writes stump. He's a sofa stump. He said, but I know the halachas t- tells us that you have to make sure to buy all your tefillin and mezuzahs and obviously sifrei Torah from a shemaim." He says, I'm about to purchase somewhere between 20 and 25 mezuzahs, which is pretty much a nice amount of mezuzahs. I don't want to buy it for my father-in-law. I said, Why? He said, because I don't think my father knows a big year Shemaim. And the aloha is that you're going to have a year Shemaim. So I said, okay, one second. I want to separate the two things. Of course, you're right, there's aloha, the, the person who writes your tefillin, and mezuzah, whatever, has to be a year Shemaim. But there's another aloha called kibid aim. And that might be a Doraisa. In this situation, it was a Doraisa because especially if his his father-in-law knows that his son-in-law is buying an apartment, and obviously he's going to need new mezuzahs because it was a brand new, newly built apartment. It wasn't like he took it from someone else. Where is he buying mezuzahs from? Not from me. He would be tremendously, you know, sort of, you know, in pain that my son-in-law didn't, you know, buy my mezuzahs for me. And I told him that this is a very, very important thing. It's true. There's a mile of Yerushalayim. But sometimes you have to know the difference between a maila and a mi'ikah I I'll tell you, for example, I remember going back now uh, close to ten years, I used to give shiurim for many bachrim, who came from homes of bali Chuvas, geirim, basically their, their homes were parents who were totally not religious, some of them not Jewish, at least their father, and uh, many of them, not most of them, their families were not religious. And it was always a challenge... Learning halachas with them that they never heard of, right? Boyre, seriously, <laughs> boyre, I never heard of boyre before, Rabbi, you're such a machme. You're not a the boyre on Shabbos, I never heard this halacha before, right? So you Show him, you explain to him, whatever. I guess if you never grew up with something, then you think it's a chumrah, really. It's not a chumrah, it's just, you never heard of it before. So, it was always a challenge before they went home, to explain to them and give them hadrachah of going home and being at home with your parents. Because at the end of the day, there's a mitzvah of kibber of aim. There's a way to deal with your parents, But there's also halachas. Now, there are certain times, and we'll get to those times, when you don't have to listen to your parents. When your parents tell you, do me a favor, Moishala, do this for me. And you could say no, obviously in a nice, pleasant, respectful way. There are times that you do not have to listen to your parents. And before we get to what they are, we have to understand why they're so. Because that's a very important nakuda. But before all of that, I want to take a step back and understand just for a moment how important it is for a person to realize that you know even if your parents are religious, which Baruch Hashem I'm talking to a crowd right now, Baruch Hashem, not all your parents Baruch Hashem are gevuldege choshev but sometimes they didn't get the same opportunities as we got. Maybe they didn't learn in the same yeshivas. Maybe they didn't learn everything the way it is. And, and I've had this you know confrontation both with parents and both with kids. I've had parents calling me up upset. I've had children calling me up. What do I do in certain situations. And it's rare to find the following. A, a mother recently said to me about her son that he um, came home telling her various alochas. I'm thinking, is he listening right now? No, he's not listening right now, but he's... He should be listening right now. But his mother actually said to me, she said how proud she was. He came home and starts telling her, oh, one second, I don't, I don't think you can make the tea that way. I think you need like a klishlishi or whatever it was. And instead of saying, hey, what are you telling me what to do? I know how to do things here. Don't suddenly go to yeshiva and come back or brainwashed or whatever. She's like, thank you. Tell me more. It's an incredible thing. With Shinsham Pinkas, that once said the same thing. He said he was once walking in Bnei Burak, and it doesn't have to mean Bnei Brak, but whatever, he said the story happened in Bnei and he saw a guy biting his nails, what happens all the time, you see a guy biting their nails on Shabbos, they don't know, they're doing an issue sort of goises, so he went up to the guy, and said, excuse me, you're being Machal Shabbos, you're not allowed to do that, and he was waiting for the guy, to curse him out, and be upset, but he didn't care, because Rib Shinshun did whatever was right to do, as we all should do, and the guy gave him a hug, Thank you so much. Now, that's a very unusual, very not, you know, normal way of understanding it. But the truth of the matter is, that's a very important thing. And that's how we have to deal with our parents as well. We have to know what is Miika hadin. If your parents tell you to switch on a light or switch off a light, that is pretty standard. Then it's its Chishmir, Shabbos. And therefore, they also will get to that halacha as well. But sometimes things are humras, midas, chasidus, things that you want to do that your parents don't want you to do. And Moshe Sternbach, for example, has a tshuva. About a son that wants to grow a beard, and his parents don't want him to. His parents say no. I'm not growing a beard for. More interested in you looking like one of those fanatical guys. You don't have to grow a beard, and the son really wants to. And he's not just doing it just Stam, He's doing it maybe because la halacha is he wants to grow a beard, and he wants to make sure that he doesn't shave and get rid of the corners of his beard. Whatever those halachas are. So there's a major shila. I'm not going to go to it now, we'll talk about it, but, Hashem. but that there's a major shayla in this thing, and you have to know this, it's a very, very important thing to understand, with kibbut of aim, and again, as a means of a haqdom, and introduction, it's important for us to remember, that yes, there are halakhas of kibbut of aim, and there's many other halakhas as well, we have to have the balance, we have to know what is mutter, what's awesome, what's only a khumra, and when our parents ask us to do something, or we want to do something, that's going to cause them harm, in a way that we think is just some, Thing that we need to do but it's going to cause them harm it's possibly not worth it and that's why it's very very important for a person to understand exactly where these halakhas come from and what they are but I, I want to mention a couple of other things as well and we've got we've got a lot of halakhas to, do, to deal with over here but I want to get to some of a couple of things just to I want to really clarify this halakhah before we get to the actual details of what's muta and what's ossa. let's understand a couple of things Now, the Gemara asks the following question. The Gemara says, Ad heichon, until where is Kibid Oveim? In other words, it's a beautiful mitzvah, and we explained yesterday that it's a mitzvah that carries with it a tremendous amount of reward, that which we have basically not seen in most other mitzvahs, and obviously carries with it, Rachmanel al Laleinu, a tremendous amount of punishment as well. But the Gemara wants to know, Ad heichon, until where does it go? So the Gemara in Kiddushim will learn in Be'ezah Hashem soon. The Gemara tells us a story about a guy. His name is Doma Benesina. A goy. Doma ben The Gema from asks why we have to learn Kibbutz uh, of A'im from a guy, not from a yid. But on Kippon and that's where the Gemara learns it from a guy called Doma ben He was sitting amongst the noble noblemen. Can you imagine all the, the Roman people over there sitting with their finest officer clothing and, you know, their hats and everything over there and he was sitting amongst them and everyone was dressed in their finest clothing. His mother, Domo Benessina's mother, walked in. Now, Hazal tell us that Domo Benesina's mother was not totally there. She was not 100%. She was mentally ill. But on Kaponi, she walks inside and she enters the room. She approaches her son. She starts ripping off his clothing. She smashes him on the head and she spits at him. What's the reaction from her son? The Gemara says, Doma ben did absolutely nothing to respond. He didn't respond to her whatsoever, didn't curse her, didn't shove her out the door, didn't call security, nothing. Says the Gemara, from here we see, the this, this is how far Kibber of Ain goes. It goes so far, Then if that's what you imagine, for example, just take the example, you're standing up at your chasana, you got yourself a beautiful suit. 18 buttons down the side. I spent six weeks looking for this suit. Incredible suit. Wow. It took me six weeks. I'd have to leave Yeshiva early, obviously, to look for this suit. And the hat, the hat, Mamish, every direction I looked, this hat was incredible. It took me about four and a half hours in the hat store to find the hat. The Esruk takes me about five minutes. But the hat in the hat store, wow. That was a hat that you can't imagine. It was incredible. An amazing thing. You're standing there, your Hasana. under the chuppah. Hundreds of people, right? There's no social distancing. Baruch Hashem, coronavirus is finished. And everyone is standing under the chuppah, admiring what a beautiful, handsome chassan. And look at the color walking in. It's a perfect setting. The violin is playing. The rose petals are coming down. You know, the aisle, it's, it's beautiful. And your mother, or your father, who's standing next to you, you just walked you down the aisle, take your suit, rip it off, start taking your hat, smashing it down. What, what, what are you going to say? What's your reaction going to be? Forget about the fact there are hundreds of people there watching and you've got the camera and the video man and everyone watching. What's your reaction? The Gemara is telling us absolutely nothing. The debt that we have to our parents is so big, is so great, that we have to go to the most difficult and extreme lengths in the most trying circumstances to ever make sure that they're not embarrassed, that they're not upset, and nothing we do ever upsets them. Just to put things, that, that, I think that just put things into perspective to understand exactly what's going on and to make this point clearer. You know, Let's try another example. Again, I just want to give you a, a couple of ideas just to understand where these alokas are coming from. You know, just imagine you're driving your car, as I see one of you are right now, you're driving your car, you should have a safe journey, Be'ez HaShem. And a certain person was driving his car, loses control of the car, swerves off the road, and he goes into a ditch. He's pinned against the wheel, he's half unconscious, he's unable to free himself or even call for help. He looks like there's no one around, no one's going to save me, who knows what's going to happen, he's bleeding, I don't know what's going to be. All of a sudden, he hears a siren. He hears a siren, there's a passing police car that spotted the wreck in the ditch. And the officer radios to the ambulance to come within minutes, there's a team of paramedics that are moving the man to safety. As they're carrying him from the wreckage, right? the whole gas tank catches on fire. Within seconds, the entire car has exploded into a wreckage that is non-recognizable anymore. He had literally seconds to live. And he was saved from those few seconds. Could you imagine when he sees the person who spotted him, who was driving there, who called for help? There's no words to describe the gratitude you feel. You'll do anything for him. Tell me, you know, I, whatever I could do for you, I'll give you whatever money you want. I'll, I'll grant you whatever crest I can give you. Right? However powerful you are, however much money you have, you'll do whatever you can because this man saved my life. That's incredible. He literally saved my life. I'll do anything. Rabbi said, our parents do the same thing. Our parents did more than that. Our parents not only brought us into the world in a physical way, but they literally, they stayed up at night, they gave us bottles, they clothed us, they taught us everything we know until now. Allah has come over come, how much gratitude we have to have for our parents. What we have to realize our parents went through, the years and years, and teenage years, I can tell you, and you all know yourself, little bit more difficult than the terrible two-age. This is the gratitude we have to have for our parents. Our parents are gedolim, in our eyes. The mitzvah is our opportunity to really express our akoras hatoyv and give them back something from what they gave to us. And that is what the mitzvah is. And we explained that yesterday from the chinuch. It's all the akoras hatoyv, and it leads to akoras hatoyv of the Rabbi shalom. As I mentioned yesterday, we all have a akoras hatoyv to Hashem. This is the pesach, the passageway, the mahalach, the way of doing getting akoras hatoyv to the Rabbi shalom is. To our of our parents, I want to ask the following question: If it's such a chosh of a mitzvah, why don't we make a bracha? Where's the bracha? Beautiful mitzvah. You wake up in the morning, you're about to see your parents, your parents are coming down the stairs, and you're sitting downstairs, of course you're going to stand up, which we'll get to those halachas, which you're all familiar with, but before we get to those, you want to make a braha. You're about to make a mitzvah d'oraisah, like vi'gadadolabincha, like eating matzah on night, like reading a Megillah on Purim, like shaking a luluf, anything. Why is this different, that there is no mitzvah? Very interesting question, and this question you should know, was posed by the Rishonim. The Rishonim asks this kasher, there's a tshuva in the Rashba, at the end of Sipkot and Dalet, where he brings us a very important klal, and by the way, those of you that have heard Allah from me before, you know that I've mentioned this Rashba in many, many different other situations. The Rashba explains a gavaldige yisoyed in Hilchas brachas, and it applies over here, says the Rashba like this, he says there are certain mitzvahs that do not have a bracha. But it doesn't really explain. The only explanation that the Rashba brings is that since a parent, and we'll get to these halachas as well, can be moichel on their covert, and the whole union of kibbutz of Aim is mechabed your parents, and your parents have the right to be moichel on it. So therefore it's toila and someone else, and therefore you cannot make a bracha, and something that's toila and someone else. It's almost like the Rashpa says, when you give stocker staka is a mitzvah d'araisa. Why is there no bracha in staka? Should be a mitzvah. I, mean, I should be a bracha like every other mitzvah. Why is there no bracha? Says the rashbot. Very simple. Because maybe the guy will turn around and say, No, I don't want it. If that's the case, maybe he won't. Wa- I can't make a baruch. I got my gartle on. I just went to the mikveh. And here I am. I'm ready to be kind in the midst of giving one dollar to tztaka. Baruch ator. With all the kavanis, I and I give it to the guy. And the guy's like, No, I don't need it. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm not an oni. It's fine. He'll be like, Uh, No, no, take it, Have Hefzak, I made a bracha, you can't make a bracha on something like that, so therefore says the Rashba over here, it's Tolly and others, and therefore you cannot make a bracha, the Avudram says the same thing also, that you cannot make a bracha on there, however... There are many, many posts that don't understand this this question over here. They don't understand because, and they answer, and they ask on the Rashba, and the Radvaz, for example, brings down that it's true, and we'll get to these halachas, that a parent can be moichel on their child in certain halachas. But that doesn't mean there's no mitzvah on the child. Of course, there's a mitzvah on the child. It could be the parent will say, "I'm meichel." You don't have to stand up when I come in the room. You don't have to call me the god ladder. You don't have to serve me everything like you know, like you've been doing until now. You don't have to. I'm being meichel. But there's still a mitzvah on the son or daughter to do it for their parent. If that's the case, said eh? the Radvaz. What on earth is the Rash saying that? Because they can be meichel, There's no bracha. Doesn't make any sense. Same thing, the say Charedim, Toph Kufayim Gimel, says the same thing as well. True, a parent can be Moichel on the covet, but that's only Bedine Odom. But Bedine Shomayim, he says, there's still Chaim, the Chidos, says the same thing as well. That even if the father is Moichel, there's still a Mitzvah. And that's, by the way, going to be a halachic nafkemina to us. That if your father says to you, no, no, it's okay, I'm Moichel, you don't have to do that. Do we, that's it, we don't have to do it anymore? Or no, if we do it, we're still going to be Yaitzah to the mitzvah. So it comes out that even if there was mechila, I'm still yotz to the mitzvah, which then leads us to back to the question: Why is there no bracha for the mitzvah of kibud of vayim? Okay, so that is the question. I'm sure some of you guys have uh, answers over here. Yeah, Misa. Don't right, Misa. By the way, just for the horror, I see, Misa is a machloikis, the pisri tshuva. In the beginning of stocker says maisa is a three-way machloikis, if it's a chiv, it's a minag, or it's a mutter, it's nothing but chlaal, but we're dealing with the mitzvah tshuva, which obviously is in mitzvah daraisa so when it's done in the correct way. I want to mention a couple of reasons. Um, one is the tshuva nebinyomin se me kuf sevakov samachtes, again, for those of you guys that are taking notes, that he says the reason for the mitzvah that we don't make a bracha on the mitzvah is he says it's because the goyim also do it. And therefore, any mitzvah that a goy also does, then it's not going to be special that Klali Yishol do. And therefore, that's the reason then, you know, you know, we've got to make a bracha on that, because everyone does that. It's a mitzvah of sikhlis. In fact, Ravazna, asks a kashon libniam zev. he says, faket, that should be a reason, that's good to make a bracha. The goyim do it because it's normal. That's what we do. Dad, thank you. We do it because the rabbi Yisholam told us to do it. That's a whole different Madriga. And he wants to say, Fakir, that's not a good reason to not make a bracha. Fakir, that we should make a bracha. I'll tell you as well, there's a Mari Al-Gazi that brings down the end of Simon Yudalit. The reason why we don't make a bracha on Kibbutz of Aim, he says the reason is because of the Chumrah, he says you can't make a bracha on it. He says because... Uh, this is his lotion, unbelievable. He said disgusting Unbelievable thing. Says the Maria You know why there's no on It's so khama. It's a mitzvah that is so important. You're not going to get to the mitzvah. You're not going to make the mitzvah in the proper way. When do we make a bracha? When to eat matzah. Okay, I can eat matzah. When do we make a bracha? When to shake a lulav. I can shake a lulav. But how can you make a bracha on something that you're not going to fully do in the proper way? Such as kibbutz of aim? and therefore if that's the case, he says, and it's very scary what he says, he says that the Torah understood, Dasvane Odom, we're never going to be Zorcha, again, Kol Odom Zorcha Lovel Tachlisa, it's so homo, the Steichemes said the same thing, the same for Shema Yaakov, we're dealing with a mitzvah over here, which is so homo, that they even will mevatel the bracha, because we're not able to do it in the proper way, it's a very scary thing, there's an Euseruah, again, I'm quoting you with Sheinim, there's an Euseruah, Chelek Aleph, Hilchus Brachas Simon Kuf Mem, Zach Lali says, he says there are certain mitzvahs that have a time period. Shake a lulav, it's that moment. Eat the matzah, it's that moment. Read the Megillah, it's that moment. But when it comes to the mitzvah of Kibber of Aim, he said it's the whole time. There's no time that you're potter. It's not the chat that, oh, I've eaten the matzah, I can relax. I've shook the lulav, I can relax. There's no such thing as, I gave mum a cup of water, I can relax the rest of the day. It doesn't work that way. You can't do that. Therefore, since you're chayv the whole time, therefore there's no bracha because you're always chayv in that way. And I'll just tell you one last thing. One last thing: the sefer Charedim Periktes Oyslamerei says that the mitzvah Kibbut of aim can also be mekuiem b'machshava, which, by the way, is very important. I don't know where you guys are right now. I know one guy right now is uh, driving, as I can see. So he's not with his parents. And most of you guys are at home. You can go right now and give your parents a cup of water. You can go right now and do whatever you want to go mechabad your parents. But sometimes you are not with your parents. So one of the ways to mechabad your parents, and it's a daraisa, is b'machshava. You can do it b'mich, or of b'mich, obviously as well. That might have a higher madrega, but also b'machshava. And therefore says the Sefer Charedim, since the Mitzvah of Kibber of Aim, has also a key in b'machshava, Therefore, we cannot allow a bracha on something that can be uh, uh, done by machshava, by thought process. And therefore, that's the reason of the bracha. So uh, there's a couple of reasons over there. One last thing I want to mention as well. Interesting Chakira. Is the mitzvah of Kibber ben Odom l'mokoyim or ben Odom l'chaveiroi? Interesting Chakira, which I'm sure many of you probably have an answer right now. Well, What's the answer? I'm not going to unmute anyone because I'm not going to hear too many. Because you probably all know the answer. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint to this answer. Possible answers, not vade, the answer. What's the hint? Again, the chakira mitzvah kibbutz aim is the mitzvah ben adam lechaveray a mitzvah ben What is it? Anyone? Anyone have an answer? Just out of interest. Anybody have an idea of what I'm going to say? Daniel, what do you want to say? Let's have a look. One second. Go for it. Yeah. It's first of all, it's on the right side of the Luchas, and also the Gemara says that Shem is a shutter for your parents. Wow, very nice. Okay, excellent. So we had a couple of answers there from Daniel, very nice. That number one, it's on the right-hand side of the Aseris Sadebroys, and number two, it is, uh, that, like the Gemara says, and we quoted that yesterday, right in the beginning, that uh, the Rabboi Nishlam is a shutter, is a partner in your parents, and therefore, basically, you're being machabed, uh the Rabboi at the same time. So I, I did actually found... It's a machoikas rishonim. It's a machoikas rishonim. The Ramban, Allah Torah Yisroi, Pashas Yud Gimel, wants to tell that it's been Odom and Machaim. It's has been Odom and the Others want to tie and not that way, it could be the Rambam is mashma and the Rosh, also the Barbanel Mashmah, that maybe it's more of a Mina Odam which of course you get also Benodulam at the same time, which we'll have to understand, which we're not for right now, why exactly it's on that side of the Sarah Zeddiboys. But let me just end Raboysa with one last thing, and that is just to understand as a Hagdama for tomorrow, and that is also for us to understand like this. There are two separate mitzvahs when it comes to Kibbutz of aim. And this is what's very, very important because we're gonna discuss many halachas, but we have to get clear where these are in comparison to the what they should where they should be. There are two separate mitzvahs in regards to Aim. There's honoring that's kibbutz, and there's also fearing which is moira, right? Both in the service of Debrah it says kabeid esavicha, but it also says ish vaoviv You should fear them. What is the difference between kibbutz, which is, literally means again honoring? and Moira, which means fearing. So the Yerusha Shulchan has a beautiful explanation. The Yerusha Shulchan has a beautiful explanation over here in Yeridea, Reish, Mem, to understand the difference. And he says, you know the difference is? He says, covered, honor, is what you positively do to your parents. To honor them. Fear is what you don't do meaning out of fear for the stature of your parents, you will not do because that's disrespectful. Now we'll have to discuss and understand on a deep level what a standing up contradicting them, saying yes to them, agreeing to them, calling them by their name, writing them. There's so many halachas that we'll have to discuss but again, I guess today was a little bit more of a Hagdama and then more of a halachic sense. Tomorrow, I guess, we'll go on to a more uh, actual and very practical uh, sense of these halachas. Uh, okay.